Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Now Podcast. It's Jordan and AJ sitting in the office on a beautiful summer day. Um, Today, we are going to actually jump into a new conversation. Um, We've been in this vocation and calling kind of series. I don't know if we really want to call it series or not, but let's just do that. And we'll probably continue that by just doing interviews and whatnot. But today, we wanted to talk about a uh, different topic, and and that topic is self-promotion. And why we really want to do this is because we're just realizing that we as millennials are in a time of our life where uh, maybe some would call it that we're walking into the prime of our lives uh, in the sense of just vocationally calling. Uh, we're out of school, out of college and, and growing in our careers and whatnot. And we live in an age of consumerism and uh, with Instagram, social media, all that stuff. It is so easy to uh, rush the plans of God that he has for our lives. Um, And so today we just kind of wanted to talk about what does it look like for us to navigate um, not falling into self-promotion in a culture and in a time period of our life where we are growing in our careers, where we're starting to get those promotions and all that stuff. So it's going to be super fun. I know Jordan is super passionate about this and he's even just in our friendship and working with him uh, has just modeled this so well and kind of bringing awareness because I think a lot of times just conversations like this are um we're just not even aware uh, because it's so cultural. The whole idea of consumerism and all of that is so cultural. So, Jordan, why don't you just take us off and start it and see where we land today? Yeah, I think this is an important topic that everyone should be uh, really aware. And I think it starts with like the motives of our hearts and uh, why we do the things that we do. And uh, from my perspective, which comes from pastoring, uh, in a community that uh, is full of, you know, and I don't think this is just a millennial conversation, um, but a multi-generational community uh, and, you know, within uh, a church context, um, one of the things that I see manifest uh, fairly frequently and uh, just from my vantage point in people's lives, and it's probably the thing that grieves me uh, the most is when I just, uh, I'll witness like, um, self-promoting tendencies, which are simply, uh, I would say, just to be derived from selfish ambition. And so, uh, yeah, I think we're just, that's the culture we swim in. Um, it basically tells you that, you know, you are going to be what you make yourself to be. And if you want it, you need to go and take it. And if you want a slice of the pie, you better go get your slice of the pie and uh, there's this pressure and anxiety that um, comes with that, but it's very much just kind of like normal life. It's what's pretty much ingrained in us, and then it um, it comes out in relationship, and it comes out uh, in a lot of different ways. So, um, and, and ultimately, uh, God has to thwart it, and so that's kind of why uh, we want to talk about it today, because um, I would rather uh, walk the process out with God that ends in the promotion that I was destined for and the upper call of God and um, the exaltation of his right hand. uh, And rather than spend a bunch of time and energy striving uh, for uh, my own out of selfish motive and uh, self ambition and, and self promotion tactics that will eventually um, it's a house of cards that will crumble. 
And so really we only have two options and it's going to be one of those two. And, uh, um, and I desire greatly, uh, for those that I pastor, but in just for those in my world that we be a people of humility, be a people that, uh, understand this so that we can navigate these pressures, uh, according to the wisdom of God. And, you know, so that, that's a, and, and the big word that I think I'd use here is, is process, uh, process, like to, to be exalted into the things that God has for you requires a process. And if you look at the life of Joseph, you look at the life of David, you look at the life of Paul, uh, you look at the life of the, the, the 12 disciples, they all had to go through a process. You know, there's like, there's no microwave, like (laughs) arrival on the scene. And I think a lot of the times we mistake, um, like the, the, the season of natural promotion and natural favor for us thinking that we're ready to step into our calling. And so you look at David, uh, he receives a prophetic word at 17. Joseph receives a prophetic word at 17. Paul encounters Jesus on the road to Tarsus. The disciples start being used to heal people and preach the message of yeah. the kingdom, you know, and some of them in their teenage years. But um, they were none of those people when they initially received favor on their life were actually ready to step into uh, the fulfillment of what God had for them. And so um, there is a process from being called uh, and then becoming chosen. And I think that uh, there's a long process often. And I would say it's at least, you know, I'd say minimum three years. That's what we'd look at scripturally. Oh. And, uh, and uh, between those, and I would actually even, you know, I would argue that it's probably longer than that. Um, and so... Yeah, it's a process. We live in a world that's a microwave culture. We don't like process. So, yeah, no, it's so good. And I mean, I just even, <laughs> yeah, this topic is like one of those topics that every time you talk about it and you do even greater self reflection, you realize you're like, oh, shoot, I think, <laughs> I think I really struggle with this in ways and didn't even know it. Um, but so, like, George, we live in a prophetic culture, like, for those of you who aren't from Riverhouse, we are more of a prophetic culture, um, I think is fair to say. And so a lot of the times I know for me, uh, it has been difficult to navigate and, and I just want to hear from you and, and just how you have gone through this process. But like when we are receiving prophetic words, um, about our call, about our destiny, you know, I know you've shared some words with me, how you're going to speak in front of a bunch of people and all, all that kind of stuff. And so, and some would already say you already are in a lot of ways, but I know you, and that's been a process. So like, what does it look like for us? Um, in a prophetic culture, when we are, when people are prophesying into our future, into our destinies, what we're going to be doing someday, what does it look like to steward that without taking it into your own hands? Because I know for me, um, like I've received a bunch of words before in my life. And like the first thing that I want to do is like make them happen. And I also, if I'm being real with myself, there's been quite a few times when like, I've done that and I'm like, Oh, I knew God was going to do this. You know, I started, I preached my first message (laughs) 19 years old at a church. I'm like, what the heck were they thinking putting me up there? And, Oh, and I think a lot of times people will, I mean, we'll look at our gifts, our natural gifts and then prophesy into that. And then we can like 
rely on our gifts like too heavily. So I guess that's two different questions kind of, but like, what does it look like to steward the prophetic and also not just rely on our gifts to get us to our destiny? Right. Because like in the life of David, we both know that he was ready to, to be King. Like all of Israel was wanting him to be King. And then the guards, when Saul comes into the cave was like prophesying, thus saith the Lord, this is your time to take over. This is your time to be King. He still (laughs) said, Nope, Nope, this is not my time. And I just, gosh, like, Man, I just know, like, <laughs> I don't know what it'd be like to be in that cave and you have everyone around you saying, it's your time now. It's your time now. It's your time now. Yep. And still to not rush into it, I guess. Yeah. So what does it just look like to navigate the prophetic, the gifts, all that stuff? Yeah. Um, you know, stewardship's huge. And I think, um, you know, so I can just give you some of my, like my own journey. I, uh. Lord started speaking to me that I was going to lead a church. Um, You know, I think in 2013, I just graduated my undergrad. And at one point, the Lord said, write down all the work, the things that I've told you you're going to do. And um, it was crusade evangelism. I was going to be leading a local church, uh, authoring books. I wrote all these things down. And uh, they seemed very, very distant at this point because I had a very, very small ministry and a very obscure ministry, literally in the back of a church. And uh, so I wrote all these things down and uh, I was extremely frustrated at this season of my life because I didn't see how any of those things were going to happen, which I think is like basically necessary because that's when you get to decide do you actually believe that like god can do it or not because you know it's like that's the tension that we all have is god uh god god gives us his promises he's the fulfiller but like aj was alluding to it's really easy to to because that's not the world we live in the world we live in is an orphaned world Hmm. that doesn't understand the goodness or the role of a father and so God is speaking a promise to us that he's going to fulfill as we're just faithful to follow him. Um, but the world challenges that and says like, are you stupid? Like you want, you want, you want that to happen, go make it happen. And I think that like, I'm not saying that we just sit around and twiddle our thumbs and do nothing. But what I am saying is what I see oftentimes is people try to take the fulfillment of the promise into their own hands and they prematurely try to make things happen, right? So I was at this ministry that did not in any way from the external um, point of view, it was in a different denomination than when I wanted to be in. It was in a different stream of Christianity. There was like, there were so many things that were suppressed in me that I wanted to express And it seemed like the exact opposite of a quote unquote stepping stone to the fulfillment of the promises of God. And so because of that, I thought I'm in the wrong place. I need to go to a different place. I need to find something else that's going to help me, you know, more fast track. And literally, like I started sending emails to ministries that I thought would be better, a better track for me to find fulfillment. And uh, I was in the middle of processing my departure and where I was going to go because I knew that I, I knew that I couldn't be in the right spot. And the Lord met me and said, all right, write down everything. So I wrote it all down. And then he said, uh, what kind of person's going to do all those things? And I, and I, you know, I said, and he said, write it out. Like what kind of person? And so I spent like 
I spent a whole day on this. I was writing it down, all the fruit of the spirit. The, and I basically all I was going to the character, like defining yeah. the type of the character of the person that would do the things that I said that God's going to call me to do. And then he spoke to me and said, Jordan, you have no ability to create these platforms, to create these opportunities, to do these things. He said, but what is within your realm of control is becoming the person that I've called you to do, because that's the type of man that I've obviously made you to be, because if this is what I've called you to do, this is what you're going to be like. And uh, he said, I've organized your circumstances to make you to form aspects of character um, within you. And he said, you can either submit to the process of becoming um, or you can go look for another opportunity that you think is going to suit you better. He said, but I promise you it's going to find you right back in the same spot because your baggage flies with you and it's just going to land at any other place you go to. So you need to submit to my discipleship. And uh, I submitted to that. And, uh, you know, and within three years, um, I planted two, one ministry and then now what is River House? I've authored a book. I'm doing crusade evangelism um, in in the, in the third world, and uh, all these things opened. But they, they, it was when I I literally just surrendered to the process. I di- I haven't made one thing happen. Yeah. And like this, is just to be on, like I, I say this often, but like even when we started River House, we had no money. I had people telling me you're an idiot if you think that millennials are going to be able to fund a church. Right. And you need to go and you need to do this and you need to take it into your hands and you need to pursue investors and you need to meet with these 10 rich people and you need to ask them for money and you need to raise 300 grand and da 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 da. And literally, that was the advice that I was getting. But the Lord was speaking to me, said, No, no, no. Like, it's either going to be me and I'm going to make things happen or not. And so, like, I don't, I mean, it's, I don't want to go into the full story, but like, even to this day, you know, the, there's more I'm desiring to see even in the realm of crusade evangelism that the Lord spoken to me. And I had opportunity uh, this fall to make those happen in a more pronounced way. Uh, and, and it was, I could have made it happen. It was within my realm of possibility because as God starts entrusting favor to you, he's taking a risk on us because we have the ability to make things happen financially, ministerially, connection wise. I had the ability to make something happen that I know is the right thing, but I had a dream that cautioned me that it was not the right time. And honestly, guys, like I joyfully messaged my contacts and I said, no, it's not time. Uh, I don't want to rush this and we're going to focus on small and we're going to steward what the Lord has given. So I don't know. I just say this all is like, I think, and this is obviously in a ministry context. This applies to business. This applies to anything. As you grow in favor, you have the ability to make things happen. And when we start making things happen, we are operating from self. And so we're creating something that eventually like everything gets exposed with fire. It will fall apart. Yeah. hundred percent. No, I remember this is just even making me think back on right when I jumped into ministry and, and started preaching and stuff. And and I realized I was like, all I, all I ever wanted to do after I knew I was heading into ministry, all I wanted to do was I want to preach. I want to preach. I yeah. want to preach. That's what was prophesied over me. That's what I want to do. Boom, boom, boom. And then I realized as I would start preaching, as I would start my platform, even at my last church was growing more. 
I it felt gross. I only felt significant when you were preaching. <laughs> when I was preaching. Yeah. And and I think a lot of the times, you know, like self-promotion is is rooted in where you're finding your significance. Absolutely. Am I finding my significance in my job and in the calling or in who he tells me to be? And so I remember I just even I went on this journey and I just told the Lord, I'm like, Lord, I want this to like die in me. Yeah. And like I hate it. And the process for me was like, am I still going to be the one to take out the trash before and after church? And I'm going to be the one to set up chairs. And, And honestly, I'm still there. Like I'm still in that process right now. And it has just been, it's beautiful because it's really, in my opinion, at least for me in my experience is like killing where I'm finding my significance. Am I fine? Cause I, I'm, I would say like the, I just get so much fulfillment even on Sundays by like, being the janitor, I was talking. I was so good rolling in the back of church on Sunday, and one of the guys in our church was like, "You're the janitor, also." <laughs> like, you know what? For this season of my life, I am, and I yep. do it joyfully. But honestly, like that motivation for me was strictly because I didn't want to at all find my significance in any kind of stage platform or anything like that, because it feels gross. It doesn't feel, it doesn't feel like God, you know? Totally. So, you know, indicators, I think what AJ points out here is that a lot of times I hear people in the name of it's my ministry, uh, excuse their self-promoting tendencies. And I mean, honestly, in the pastoral world, church growth is an idol that in the name of church growth, a lot of selfish ambition and self-promotion tactics get expressed. In the name of church growth, um, we start doing things that the Spirit is not breathing upon to try to manufacture numbers into a Sunday service. Right In business, in the name of, I want to make more money to give to the kingdom, Like we, we, we create these superficial band-aids that hide and mask our thing. Even I've, I know people, I've heard people that have full-on addictions to social media in the name of this is my platform and my ministry continue in addictive patterns with the use of technology and social media. And so, right. So it's, I guess this is why we started off to say, this is about the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. And you have to have the honesty to take a real look at your life. And like AJ said, the question is if these things go away, are you still okay? If these things were to cease from your life, Would you still have a sense of purpose, significance, and peace, you know? And so we're called to do what God's called us to do. And that, and sometimes that means, you know, you're going to whatever, but you have to be really aware of the motivations of your heart. And if you're doing, you know, for me, the big indicator is, is like peace and grace. Like, do I sense, like, am I joining Jesus in what he's doing or am I trying to get Jesus to join me in what I'm doing? And the reality of self-promotion is that, uh, you know, whatever you build by self-promotion, you will have to sustain by self-promotion. And that will be an underlying standpoint is anxiety. And you will not be able to rest and you will overwork and you will strive and strive and strive because you can't rest because you know, if I rest, everything I built is now jeopardized. And if God is building something through you, you can try to run away from it and it won't fall. Like it, it's like it's God is breathing in it and building it, you know? And so there is an underlying foundation of peace um, because it doesn't rest on you. It rests on God. And like the reality is as 
you know, you say you grow a business or you grow a ministry or you grow a family or whatever it is, there are increasing levels of responsibility, increasing levels of just energy and time and effort and stewardship that goes into it. And so why character is so dang significant is if you prematurely step out and you start building something that you're not ready to steward, it will crush you because you're not ready to handle the weight of the responsibility that comes. Like if you like, like, you know, I don't, um, I'm, I'm not a small business owner, but starting this church was like a business in so many ways. And I started crumpling at times under the weight of the commitment, under the weight of the responsibility, the time, everything. And I, I was drawing upon in these difficult times in the strain, I was drawing upon strength that was fortified in the hidden place and then the secret place and in the 10 year process that God took me on leading up to, to stepping into this role. So we think, oh, this is going to fulfill me. It's going to make me so happy when I have all this business and I have all these things and whatever. But if we haven't gone through the process and we're like, and there's anxiety at the end of the day, like, you know, you can't rest because there's anxiety. You're going to fail. Like if I had an underlying foundation of anxiety in leading this church and I, tr and deep down, I knew that the numbers and the size and the growth and the finances and all of it re rested on me. Like you guys, there's, there's 12 people that their salaries and their families are supported by what's coming into Riverhouse. There's people like there's people's lives. There's people that say, this is what I've been longing for my whole life. If I thought that that rested on my self-promotion and my drivenness, I would literally be in an insane asylum because I'd be so stressed out of my mind. Does that make sense? So good. hundred percent. So we don't think like that on the, on the, on the beginning side. We think this is going to be amazing. Yeah. I'm going to be significant. We don't think and see, no, you actually need fortified character to carry the weight of what's going to come as you step into fulfillment. hundred percent. That's <laughs> God. It's. God wants us to choose humility because it protects us. <laughs> Dude, just write that down, everybody. That'll preach. It, it protects us. I mean, I think that's why David didn't want to rush. He's like, I don't, I don't want to kill Saul right now. Even though everyone can look at me yep. and say, I'm more powerful. I'm more anointed. I don't want to get there on my own accord. Totally. I, God needs to take him down. I'm not taking him you down. Don't want, yeah. You don't want to be quote unquote exalted wow. with a question in your mind. Did I put myself here or did God, God put myself here? <laughs> that is the worst. That's the worst nagging Ooh, question preaching. to ever have to live with. Yeah. So purity looks like operate in a way that, you know, if you get there, it was never you putting you there. Come on. It's so good. So I got two questions. Um, so your, your platform is growing and some would say, oh, man, Jordan, Jordan has this platform, mm -hmm. blah, 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 blah. He's now seen he's he's walking in a lot of the calls and promises of his life is the temptation um, to self promote. Does that go away or is that something that needs to constantly be be stewarded? No, the temptation grows. Yeah, it grows because you have um, it's kind of like it's like what AJ keeps alluding to with David in the cave. You're put in more of those opportunities where you can take things into your own hand and you know, then you, you get people's trust. And so they trust you. And so you have influence and you have favor, you know? And so, uh, no, it grows and you actually, I think have to become even more and more aware 
of the motivations of your heart. And so like, um, even one of the things that I do to even protect myself is, you know, with my mentor, uh, we process a lot of things and decisions. Um, even when it comes to ministry opportunities, like we've had one this year doing some ministry in Southern California, I go to the, my elders and I say, Hey, like, I don't, I, I've surrendered, like I could do this as Jordan Verner, but I don't want to do this as Jordan Verner. I want to do this as, as and in my role and faithfully to this church. And so that means I need to know, and I want you to help me discern what I should do and if yeah. I should do it and how I should do it. And, um, so it's, I would say it's, you know, the, the, the more you grow in favor, the more you should also be growing in, in, in dependence and, uh, you recognize like you really need because it's like there's a fear of the Lord. Like you don't want to do things in your own power. Cause like I said, I, I love going to bed at night being like, Hey, that like, I know that this is God. And you know, that's why we don't advertise. We've still never spent a dollar on advertisement. We don't have a building with our name on it. We don't like everyone who comes on staff starts, starts with no (laughs) month. Like there's just like, there's this simplicity and purity, but it's like, nobody can point to, there's no hype being used. And let me tell you, I sleep pretty peaceful at night, even in the midst of conflicting times and scary times, because I know I couldn't convince myself that it's anything but God if it wasn't. And I believe that that should be how it is in business. That should be how it is in all of the different vocational pursuits that we're after. Like if God promised it, then he will fulfill it. You know, and the thing that me and AJ were talking about is there are so many tools that can that we, can be used in today's and age. And I'd say social media is probably the biggest culprit where we can actually like we, we have the ability to create platforms that we would not have been able to 15, 20 years ago. And so I actually think that we're in the day and age of where there's more temptation to self-promote and more ability to self-promote. But for that same reason, I think uh, there's also more opportunity to choose purity and humility. And I think that I think it can happen quickly. I don't think like I said, I think this it's not a I'm not talking 30 years, but I think, uh, you know, we're talking three, something like that. But it's a journey that God has to take us on. Yeah. And and I'll just even tell you, you know, uh, being being a part of this culture at River House where <laughs> we just sit back at some of our staff meetings and stuff like, oh, man, only God. Like it is so much more freeing um, <laughs> right? to just be able to sit back and look and go, oh, my gosh, look at what look at what God has done. Like, look at what he's doing. Like, look how he is getting us there. It, it truly, it's contagious and it makes, and I can even tell, I mean, I'm, I've been a part of the staff for a year now and it's like, it's contagious. It's like we get excited to see what God's going to do, not what we're going to do, which is so awesome. And, And I think just even what George, um, talked about and I, I don't want to pass over that because I think it was really practical and important is like, I, I think a lot of the times like we can do self-reflection, but we can often like easily justify things and not be able to fully see, which is why it is so important to invite people and mentors, spouses, friends say like, Hey, coworkers, even like, what do you, what do you see? Am I doing this? Am I not doing this? Um, because it's, it's an accountability thing, you know, and it's not fun, but it's like, if you have people around you who love you, they'll speak truth. You totally. Know? And the thing that I would say with accountability, why I think it, it lacks power in a lot of times 
is because we've made accountability about behaviors only. Hey, hold me accountable for my spending habits. Hold me accountable yeah. for my, you know, whatever temptations. But um, we've failed to actually allow people to hold us accountable to the thoughts and the intentions of our heart and actually bring people down into like our will into our decision-making faculty and say like i remember there was a board meeting and this was when the church really first started growing everybody's excited and i just said i came to him and i said guys I said i just want to be honest with you i said there there's a tendency that as all these things start happening it 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 can be addicting in me. It can make me, you know, it can, it, it, it can be so like, yeah. like exciting and, and, and fulfilling all these things that I said, it, I, I think it can cloud my judgment in the sense of, you know, making decisions about, should we go to three services? Should we, you know what I mean? Like practical little decisions. And I think oftentimes we're just like, Hey, should we go to three services or not? But like, I just was like, I just want like, I just said, I just, please, if you ever sense like me on this driven, you know, it was just like, Hey, here's down into the thoughts and intentions and the things that are going on inside of me. And I'm aware of them, but I don't want to partner with them. You know what I mean? And just like being really honest with like the humanity and the things that we're actually th feeling and thinking, you need people down at that level with you. If you're going to get that level like that, cause that's where selfish ambition hides, you know, does yeah. that make sense? No. So good. And uh, yeah, that's awesome. And my, my last question, Jordan is, I, I mean, I just have a feeling <laughs> that there's probably people listening to this and they're like, Oh crap. <laughs> like, yeah, I do this. Um, what do you say? Cause we don't want people to now go to the other and, and, and like self-sabotage self-sabotage yeah. mm -hmm. um so yeah what are your thoughts there you know i just think awareness is the first thing i think that's the goal of all of this um and then you really have to have some honest conversations with the lord and then honest conversations with people in your life yeah. um you know that's one and then i think it's really pursuing humility is the opposite of this and uh you know and the lord's really good at um exposing and dealing with this like he's just he's a really really good teacher so um we love to go to extremes and i think i would just say like recognize that like you know like you're advancing towards a degree which yeah. is like humility because humility the reason i say humility is because you humble yourself and that's what leads to like kingdom exaltation so um the competition is between true humility and selfish ambition and so I wouldn't really make it so much about like, oh, you know, how do I get rid of selfish ambition? Yeah. I would probably say set your aim on humility and say, God, like teach me true, authentic humility. And God's just so good at that. And I think that um, there's practical lessons and things that he does. But I would say, you know, universally, there's um, going to be one of the things we have to learn is how to uh, serve one another and serve someone else and serve someone else's vision. And, you know, and you look at like, I think the great downfall of, of Saul's life, uh, was when they were singing the song, you know, uh, Saul's slain his thousands and David has slain his tens of thousands because Saul did not have a sense of significance, which comes from humility, who is knowing humility, I think is knowing exactly who you are in Christ and exactly who you are without Christ at the same time. 
Um, and Saul didn't have that conviction. So instead of saying, hey, I can get underneath this kid, they're actually prophesying about my legacy, that I'm going to be a man that lays down and raises up, and David's going to carry on tenfold everything that I've fought Come for. On. He perceives it through the lens of an orphan, and he at that point severs his heart from David. And I believe that was to be that was actually God inviting him into the fulfillment of his destiny um, and into the redemption of what he thought he had lost. And instead, he viewed it as God trying to take something from him. And I believe that we're honestly all confronted with that same situation where someone else is getting what you wanted. Somebody else is shining when you're in the shadows and uh, God gets to, you know, he's going to invite you like, I want you to wash their feet. I want you to champion them. I want you to serve them. I want you to honor them. And I think that um, God gives, you know, that's just one opportunity. But I think there's opportunities like that where uh, he gets to cultivate true humility. And for me, that was with my my younger brother was one of the, the areas that he was probably my my opportunity and what mentored me into a, a, a broke and exposed a lot of things. And, and it's honestly continued um, with other relationships and, and, and as I've progressed in leadership, because leadership is about, um, you know, it's about laying down your life to see other people shine and become bigger and better than you. And that is a great cliche, but that is a terrifying reality um, to uh, any form of self-ambition within you. Yeah. That is like, that statement is so threatening. And that's that's what it means to mature as a leader. So, you know, I would, I would say that. Set your mind yeah. on true humility and becoming a real leader, which is it's okay if nobody knows my name and people are bigger and better than me. And that thought brings you the deepest sense of joy. Like, and not just the thought of it, but when the opportunities come, to like let down, let go of something that you care about and let someone else have it. And nobody knows that, you know, it's like, it has to be real too. It's not just, it can't just be a thought and you totally. hold on to it all. But when that's lived out and it brings you joy, it's just, I don't know. I think that's like one of the great joys of life. Yeah. And just even to add to that, I know for me, uh, one of the really huge things that is like a litmus test for me to see if I have that pride self-promotion thing, uh, going on in me is what, what is my attitude when I'm serving? Not not as serving really not as serving hard because I think serving is always hard, but what's my attitude? You know, what is how am I? Am I am I angry? Like just even last week I I was kind of frustrated and annoyed about doing a task for somebody else and I was just like, "Dang it. Why am I annoyed?" Mm. And I just asked myself, "Why am I annoyed? Why am I annoyed?" And I was annoyed because I felt in that moment I was too too busy, too important to be doing that thing. Hmm. And so I know that's for me. If, if you have a, a bad good, attitude when that's you're good. serving, um, look at that because Christ came, Jesus came to serve the world. And so um, I think that's just a really good litmus test. That's you got so anything good. to add? No, I just think it's good. And it, you know, it's faith when you, when you serve and you humble yourself, you're showing God that I believe you are the fulfiller Come on. of this promise. Not me. Um, you know, and, and so recognize that if you feel like you're in a hidden place, you feel like God's not favoring you. You feel like you're just serving someone else. You feel like, you know, recognize that you are in the most amazing opportunity to show Jesus, not just profess it with your mouth, but to show him with your actions. I believe you're the fulfiller of this word. And so I'm stewarding it with hope 
I'm becoming the person that's going to fulfill that word. And I am, I'm, I'm learning true humility because you guys, it's, it's, and suddenly, and uh, you find yourself in places that you have no business being with people. You have no business knowing, uh, doing and saying things that you don't even feel like you're qualified for, but you do it with a deep sense of peace because he puts you there. And if he put you there, he'll keep you there and he's faithful. So yeah. yeah, be blessed on your journey yeah, come and on. Uh, wrestle with this. Yep. Think about it. Um, we really, really appreciate you uh, tuning in and listening and uh, also encourage you to visit the now sign up for the gathering. It's going to be awesome. Uh, we got more content coming your way. Have a blessed week. We're going to go get out in the sun. Later.